2: He is now 2-0 since this return to lightweight, and he's got all the chips in the center of the table.
3: I think him uh, the, the guy that has the most hours in the octagon right now. Oh, dos Tim
4: Elliott, at the very least, maintaining his ranking.
5: Man, I, I'm just glad to get the win.
4: Tim Elliott! Welcome to
2: UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video.
4: I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. <laughs> nice to me, We're at it.
2: Welcome to UFC Unfiltered again. Good show today, I hope, Matt. We have Tim Elliott. We have RDA. And we also have Bert Kreischer. Do you know Bert? He's a very funny comic. I've known him for many years.
4: I don't know him. I've seen his, some of his stuff. He's a funny guy. I like funny guys, Jimmy. Yes. You know, I like, I like you. Well, thank you. You're a funny guy. We're going to talk about the fights the other day. How was your weekend? It was
2: um, uneventful. I didn't do a whole lot. I kind of take it easy. I wanted to watch the fights on Saturday. Um, it, it was a really, uh, it was kind of a relaxing weekend. I, I
4: enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the fights very much. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that, and we're gonna talk about it with uh, one of the guys that was actually a couple of the guys that were in there with Tim Elliott and RDA. Both had great performances. Both had great I want,
2: performances.
4: I want to see if uh, I want to see if uh, Bert seen the fights also. We can discuss them with Bert.
2: Yeah, I know him and Joe are very close. I'm sure he's been to events before. Um, I know he was just doing a movie. By the way, I thought of you because I, I, oh. I'm having all this work done in my living room, so I have no furniture in there. So I hooked up my Oculus again. Here we go. Was, do, you, do you have Vader Immortal?
3: Yeah, but
4: I don't listen. You don't love the, uh, you don't like the. Uh, I don't like things where you got to do some puzzles and shit. I had one Star Wars game, like, all right, you got to find a bolt and then you can open the door. I go, hey, listen.
2: Oh, I didn't like that one either.
4: I got no time for this shit.
2: No, but you have did Vader Immortal.
4: I got three kids. I got a school. Yeah. Life. I got, I need time. I get my, my time in the Oasis. I like the Merc.
2: Vader Immortal, Matt, is Vader Immortal is different. It's, you're doing things, but they're all actually kind of cool and you're using a lightsaber through most of it.
4: Well, I mean, listen. It's fun. I'm not going to say no to a lightsaber.
2: Have you tried the game?
4: I think I did, but I live in Pop 1. I live in Population 1.
2: Try Vader Immortal. Because the other one I didn't like either, but this one I thought of you. I think you'll like it because the graphics are amazing and you're actually fighting with a lightsaber.
4: Well, I'm gonna, I, how about this? I'm going to download it. I'm going to download that shit today.
2: There's three versions. Get part one first. Part one's the best? Yeah, well, no, no, but you, it goes in order of oh. a mission. But it's not an annoying mission. It's like you're walking, you're going upstairs, like you're actually doing oh, okay. stuff. It's great.
4: You're a little, you're a Jedi. Tim is God. ready to go. Let's see if Tim's got Oculus Quest.
2: <laughs> it have... wouldn't surprise me.
4: He's, you know, awkward MMA.
2: No, my guy, he's the best.
4: Oh, you look so different, Tim. Hi, Gina. Hi. Gina, give us a quick dad's joke, real quick. Come on, Gina.
3: Oh, gosh. Oh, You're on the wow. spot. You're putting me on the spot. Well,
4: but it's time to use your it. I want extra cheese by the time the uh this 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 uh interview is over. Gina's got some. If I said Gina's jokes, Jimmy wouldn't be my friend. But Gina gets away with her jokes. I do. I do.
3: I can't even think of any time. I'm on the spot.
4: I'm just here to connect the links and <laughs> help out this guy. Listen, this <laughs> guy. Awkward MMA Tim. I mean, Man, like, doesn't it feel even better when you're the underdog and you come out ahead? Doesn't that feel better? It does, man. I, I love it. Um, and I think this, according to the internet,
5: this was the first time I've won a fight as a true underdog. So uh, that's even more exciting. I'm thinking
4: they're looking at that fight and they're saying, all right, where we're, you know, what Dagestani wrestler. I mean, this is great. Tim, Tim Elliott loves to wrestle. He loves to grapple, you know? So I'm going to shut him down, put him one of those Dagestani handcuffs on his ass. That's what they're thinking, Tim. But oh, fuck, did you have a surprise for them? They weren't ready for the weirdness, the awkward style that you bring. I fucking loved it. And you know what's funny? Man? I'm always a last-minute type of guy. You know what I mean? I was there, Earlier, I was teaching the 7 a.m. class. I come back, take a little nap, squeeze an Oculus Quest game in, and then I go, look, I got 20 minutes. I'm going to shave my head, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch 15. It only takes five minutes. To do that. And then I go, <laughs> I got 15 minutes. I'm going to watch the familiar fight fresh before we get him on. Dude, I almost was late because I kept rewinding the thing 30 seconds every time you did a fucking takedown, every time you did a scramble. Because I love that shit. Oh, yeah. Jimmy just likes when they do the rock 'em sock 'em fucking.
2: That's not true. I, I was actually, <laughs> Tim's, uh, they kept talking about Tim's momentum and how you would like, use his momentum against him when he was, it was beautiful to I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do that better, uh, reverse takedowns as well as you did against him. He's he's
5: so committal on it. I knew he was going to be um, very committal. And uh, the last two guys he's fought in the UFC are, are very accepting of being on their backs. And uh, we just trained a lot of that. Like he takes us down, just cut the wizard right away and try to end up on top and uh, not stopping until we get on top or at least back to 50-50. Um, the, the goal in the game plan was no 180s, no going from top to bottom. And uh, we avoided that through the whole fight
2: you there's one thing that might have been in the second round i think uh or was it the third where you literally turned your back to him and you were almost walking away and then you just turned around and threw a punch it was like a street fight yeah man i love that uh,
5: little bit of my like one of the guys that got me into fighting was watching a uh, Genki Sudo. um so i like that walking backwards coming giving up your back coming at people at weird angles um it's just fun for me you know if i'm doing that kind of stuff then i'm having a good time and if
4: i'm having a good time then that usually means i'm winning Jimmy, he just—I bet you don't even know who Genki Sudo is. I do not. How dare you, sir? (laughs) How fucking did Gina know? Neo Samurai. Oh He listen. No one's ashamed Tim. A guy (laughs) as exciting. The guy fought Butter. You know Butterbean is. Yeah. He. This guy is. I go. He was a one fifty five fighter, and he fought Butterbean. He got him in a heel hook in Japan. Yeah. No, he was. Um. He was a wild man. He was an awkward guy. Yeah, uh, Genki for sure. Sudo. Isn't it a shame that a lot of people do not know who Genki
5: Sudo is? It is. He was a guy who came in the UFC with a good record and retired at it with a good record.
4: And uh, yeah, man, uh, I saw him fight one time and I was like, "Yep, this is for me. Tim, one time I was in Japan with Henzo when he had the fight in Pride and it was an Abu Dhabi coming up, right? So it was like the 2000 Abu Dhabi. Isn't so um, all the Japanese guys were getting together to train. They were filming it. So Hanzo goes, you would have called on me to get down there and train with them, right? So we were the only one. Hikaruto blew his knee out a little bit with fucking crazy high and crazy the day before. So I'm the only guy in it with all these Japanese guys. I went with Genki Sudo, and I jumped to guard. Listen to this: he stood up, he started turning around like a windmill, and then yeah. went over my leg to get a fucking ankle lock. You ever seen that? Shit? I, I haven't seen him do that.
5: Uh, <laughs> another person who does that, and the other guy who got me in, unless well, they got me into fighting guys, I watched was uh, Charles Bennett. Same thing: he gets caught in a triangle and spin guys around. Those are the two guys, my two favorite guys to watch, and uh, those are the two guys that made me want to be a fighter. That makes a
4: lot of... Se- crazy horse, Charles Bennett. Yeah. Felony now. I mean, listen. He <laughs> fucking... He fought... You ever see him fight backstage at a Pride with uh, I did. Um, what's his name? Chris, Christian... Christian... something. He was, a, he was the jujitsu uh, teacher over for Shootbox. Yeah, it was like vandalized guys, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Jimmy, you gotta see this, bro. They had a fight backstage at Charles Bennett Versus uh, basically the fucking shootbox team. <laughs> yeah, and they let it go on. they were just like back up, back up, let it go. He went to sleep with the triangle, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Put him out. Street fight, Jimmy.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, I've never seen that. Street
4: fight at the real fights. At the real fights backstage.
2: Now you, you, uh, everyone talks about how amazing your cardio is and how you're. Uh, do do you like fighting that way? Like like just you just don't stop moving. I mean, in the third round, I thought he looked really good. Uh but uh, the first two rounds I thought you you definitely won and is that just always been your 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 is just output of cardio or do you kind of uh you know
5: it's uh, I don't want to say cardio it's uh James Krause puts it best it's uh, I have a, an ability to fight when I'm tired and uh that's okay. the thing that I like to do I want to stretch it out and I want to get both of us to the point of exhaustion and then uh you know see who can who can win from there and uh, most times that I can Um, especially now that I'm back here training with James Krause and really putting a real camps in, uh, in Vegas, like when I fought Brandon Rival on short notice, I, I didn't have the cardio to do that. I went in there and I put everything I had in the first round and then, you know, I just didn't have it in me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure 35 years old, I'm back here with James Krause almost for two years. And I've just now feel like my fight IQ and my organization of my game is, is just now getting good. And, uh, man, that's, it's. It's fun again, man. It's inspiring. I'm, I trained today. We just got back last night. I, I trained today, just regular practice. Um, I'm trying to get back in there as soon as possible.
2: Chris Tione, uh, kind of, I it was, it was odd that he stopped things to talk to you about your fingers and you're like, I'm not even close. Were you surprised that he did it?
5: Yeah, I get what he's saying. And I, you know, that's just me being out of focus. I shouldn't be talking to the referee. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was plenty far away from him with, the uh, with the fingers, but, uh, Again, he's the ref. He's doing his job, and I, I need to do my job and just keep my mouth
4: shut. I like when you said fingers. Oh, shit, man. I thought you meant the glove grab. Not really <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, man. Oh, shit. That didn't happen yet, though.
2: It looked like a, an accident to me. It looked like it was a mistake.
4: Yeah, yeah You know, shit. it's a for you a cage <laughs> fighting for your fucking life. I don't judge anybody. <laughs> well, man, I'm in a, I was on the
5: ropes here. Uh, I lost my last fight. A, a loss here could mean no more job, man. I got a six-year-old daughter. I'm I would pretty much do whatever it takes to win that fight. And I felt like I was in a a do or die situation there in that fight. And, uh, you know, whenever you have other people relying on you for their livelihoods, uh, it, it, it gets pretty intense. And like, I'm, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. And, uh, like you said, it's, you're grabbing everything you can. And then, and the fact of the matter is, is his wrists are under the gloves, his hands are under the gloves. I'm hand grabbing, you know, finger grabbing sometimes, uh, Anything to get away, to get out, to, to
4: win. Shit, man. You know what Gina Bear says. If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Fuck Let's yeah. Let's. I don't mean to call her Gina Bear. It's on your screen name. I'm not kidding. Yeah, she time. loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Gina Bear. Fuck, Tim. Listen, man. I'm with you, dude. Stepped up, underdog. How did it feel? And and listen, you're looking across. You got G- First of all, fuck yeah. You got a corner. You got your your fiance, you got, you got fucking James Krause who's on fire right. and you look across the cage and you see one of the goat. you see, you see Habib in that corner, you see famous uh, Javi Mendez over there. I mean, this is a, that's a corner too. That could be intimidating or it could be motivating.
5: For for me, it's, it's definitely motivating. Like, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm not fighting their team. I'm fighting this one guy and, and, uh. Granted, I think Bekov is great, but he's he's not Khabib. He's not Makachev. Uh, he's really good, but he's not he's not quite those guys. So, uh, and again, like if it's a corner battle, then I, we beat everybody. Like I may not be the best Ooh. fighter, but I got
4: the best corner for sure. I'm untouchable. <laughs> sometimes it's the right. Sometimes it's the right fit. It's all about the chemistry. It's like it a is, game. man. You know what I mean
5: exactly and i trust james to the fullest
2: do you like do you like knowing that you're hard to train for everyone says you're really hard to train for it's very hard to mimic what you do uh when someone's training for you do you kind of like knowing you have that advantage going in
5: uh, i do i love that i prefer to be the uh the more awkward guy I, you know i like fighting technically sound guys i like fighting um uh, i do good with those guys i want to be the one that that's doing the weird movements i want to be the one that's uh the more awkward one i'm You know, and that was another thing with the Brandon Roy Vol fight. I felt like his crazy matched my crazy. And that was like, I was, you know, I was like, oh shit, like good technique, really strong, great skill sets. Like those are the guys I like to fight. Um, I want to be the, I want to be the weird one though.
2: When it's happening, when you're doing something or when you're training, do you ever think like, okay, I'm I'm doing this, but it's almost too much the way other people do it. What can I do to make this different? Or is it completely natural? It just completely happens in movement.
5: Man, (laughs) a lot of times it's... uh, I don't have a good mobility with a lot of my joints and stuff. It's, I just have to do things a particular way. Like, especially with James Krause, I don't know if you know this, but the guy's six foot tall. He can put his feet behind his head. Like I don't have that. Like I'm, you know, like I can't kick over people's knees usually. So I, everything is low for me. It's uh, we do a good job uh, at, you know, finding ways for me to be able to do the things James is showing, but that will allow it with my body type, which uh, again is like, is way over my pay grade and over my knowledge, but James Krause knows it. So he says it and I do it.
4: Shit. My little bird here, Jimmy, he would fucking, if he had a, like a lamp, like a genie lamp, one of his wishes would be able to put both his legs behind. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even want to kick.
5: He doesn't want to
2: be able to do that. Hey, look, I can't put my legs behind my head with, with the right lady motivating me. I can do that. Can't <laughs> <laughs> me one of those. <laughs> Well, look, man, it was uh, an incredible fight. You're always fun. And I was really happy for you. And it was a, it was a great win. And you just, you looked incredible. Thank you, man. We're
5: getting, we're getting better. And uh, it's, I'm telling you this, this culture that we got going with the gym right now, uh, it's, uh, I feel like I just got a bunch of people underneath me and it's easy to go out there and fight. And then like today, being back in the gym after fighting two days ago is uh, like, I owe these guys, they, they, they put their necks on the line for my camp. I had a long, a long, long training camp and, you know, I was trying to bust my partners up and so now I got to get right back in there to, to help these guys, Jeff Molina and Kevin Krum. They, they got fights coming up and uh, my fiance, Gina's got a fight coming up and, you know, she's just been taking care of me left and right, all my food cleaning up after me. And, you know, uh, it's good for me to, to be the guy now uh, behind her and, and my teammates. So, there's just a culture here, Glory MMA and fitness that is—it's—it's uh, it's unmatched. It's unlike anything I've ever seen, and, and it's getting bigger every day. Now we got Brandon Moreno coming down here and training with us too, so everybody's elevating.
4: Hey man, it was nice to see all. I saw the whole gang, including Tim and James and all yeah. these guys. Uh, it was nice to see you guys when I was down there for looking for a fight. You know, I said, yeah. and, and and yeah, congrats to uh, your coach too, because what an event, man. Because a lot of times when we go to these looking for a fights, we're like. Some maybe a gymnasium or a fucking little tiny little theater thing right. this, I'm like what the fuck is this like a UFC I mean this was at a nice stadium and uh, I was like over five, 5,000 people maybe more I don't know how many people were there but it was a lot. They
5: started in a small show and, uh you know, it filled up quick. And yeah, like you said, that's a, it's a, it's a quality production of good promotion. A lot of fans. Uh, it's a big deal here in Kansas City. I
4: don't, I don't see like James getting a lot of sleep. He doesn't, I bet your money he's not like me. I bet he doesn't do naps. Nah, man. <laughs> not a napper. Uh, I don't know how he does it, honestly. <laughs> that guy's always doing something, man.
5: It's crazy. How, he, how he's not, 300 pounds and balding just is beyond me because that shit would stress me out. The, the work that he does every weekend in Vegas, like he's going back next weekend for Carl Roberson. Like, I couldn't do it. I don't know how, I don't know how he does it, but, uh, and how he does it for so many guys without, without missing a single beat for, for anybody. Like, he's, he's there for all these guys 100%. And it's how he does it is just, it's, I just, I can't even explain
2: it. Well, Tim, it's uh, always a pleasure and it's good talking to you. And uh, we appreciate you coming on and look forward to your next fight. But congratulations, man. And and really, really fun fight and just a great win.
4: Congrats, Tim. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And and, uh, Gina, come on. Gina, come on soon before your next fight. All right. Yeah, good luck. I'll I'll get a good one. Uh, (laughs) Have something in the chamber. You know, we like these. I love these jokes. I know, I know. I'm going to get some special ones just for you. Yes, that's what we want.
1: oh there you
2: are
6: yeah oh, beautiful you look good oh we're in uh pigeon forge oh what's that it's uh it's oh are you fucking serious yeah uh, pigeon forge is dolly parton's uh town she runs pigeon is where oh. dollywood is it is the capital of the most kitschy places they have the upside down museum where the entire building's upside down the oh, titanic shit. museum where it is the titanic going into the earth it, it I, and I gotta be honest with you, it's made for a place like me. I love this place. place. Oh, no, no.
2: I
4: would, are you working?
6: I'm sorry. No, no, no. I have two days off. I'm on tour, so oh, I have two yeah. days off. So I got a cabin in Pigeon Forge for everyone, and so we're partying for two days. Oh,
4: nice. This is Dolly. You said Dolly Parton,
6: no? Yeah, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton grew up in a holla. That's a that's it's uh, like remember Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Like it's a holla they called a holla out by Pigeon holla, Forge is man. where she grew up.
4: Hey, man. That other stuff sounds fucking great, but is there any fucking stuff from this set from nine to five on there or anything? Because no,
6: there's not. By the way, I met Dolly Parton here. Can I tell you what else there isn't? There isn't anything from WWE, and there isn't anything from UFC. Like it's a place where brands show up and kind of stake their claim. They have like the Hatfields versus McCoys. Paula Dean has a log cutting competition.
2: (laughs) Oh, awesome. (laughs) wouldn't want to be a part of that yeah right (laughs) hey bro, what you now you were off doing a movie with mark hamill where did you go for that and uh when did you get back
6: serbia we were in serbia for three months we were uh in belgrade and uh it was it was fucking awesome mark hamill was the best he uh he's like super super generous he like if you have a question about star wars he he'll he'll tell you everything you need to know he what did you want to
2: like, ask? Like, what did you ask that there was something that you really wanted? Was there one thing you were like, fuck, I got to ask him this?
6: You, first of all, you know me well enough to know I asked the dumbest fucking question. <laughs> I was like, There's a, there was a person inside R2-D2, and he was like, yeah. Uh, I was like, for real? And he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, NC-3PO? And he goes, yeah, what did you think they were? He was like, those were people. And I was like, I thought they were robots. And he was like, Bert, <laughs> they didn't make robots. Like I, that's that. funny.
4: I feel bad for Mark Hamill. man. I lo- This is why. He, you could tell, Jimmy, his heart was broken over the fucking Last Jedi. He didn't like that shit. He didn't want to be a grumpy old Luke Skywalker drinking fucking this shitty milk from this beast thing. Uh, he didn't want that. He wanted to be a fucking hero and he was even arguing with the director who should have done Looper too. He did this other fucking... The guy who did Looper, who the fuck did The Last Jedi?
2: Um, Tarantino.
6: Eh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking well, out of school, he made a cunt load of money. no no No, mark hamill by the way yeah he's uh it was favored nation so i think whatever everyone got like carrie fisher all those guys so he made a ton of fucking money okay yeah
2: literally yeah it's been a good franchise for him
6: yeah, I told. I was in a, doing an interview. Someone was like, "How how is he in the movie?" I said, "I got to be honest with you." And you know me, I'm an idiot. I was I was being sincere. I was like, "I think people are going to say this is like his best performance in any movie ever." And they were like, "Better than Star Wars one, two, yeah. and 3. Yeah,
2: yeah, maybe better than Corvette Summer, but I, yeah, I, I wouldn't.
6: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Also, oh,
4: that's awesome. Uh, he's also a voice actor. He
6: does. He that- does the Joker. That's how everyone knows him. Everyone like m- younger than me knows him only as the Joker. Yeah. And it's so funny, I I guess. Like, I've never really listened. I didn't want a big Batman animated fan. (laughs) But uh, I guess, like, when I would get him upset in in the scenes, he'd go into the Joker's voice at times. He, Dude, he could act so fucking good. Jimmy, we do this scene. I'm sorry, Matt, that I keep keep saying Jimmy because I've known him so long. It's a pleasure doing this with you, Matt. Huge fucking fan. Huge fucking fan. I did a deep dive on you uh, when you guys started doing this podcast. Because you're so different than all the other fighters. Like, all the other fighters seem like they uh, like no one has a fucking New York accent.
4: First, first, I'm just happy you know who I am. Are you shitting me? I thought you had just thought I was Jimmy's meathead friend. I didn't think you <laughs> I even thought.
6: Oh.
2: Well, both things can be true.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, but we did this scene. We did the scene where we we're under. It's like it's like a very big scene. And, and uh, it's his, his, his close up. And, and he fucking turns the he cranks the wheel and fucking does it. And I start crying in the scene. And they're, but it's not my close. up I'm not even know camera, but I'm crying acting with them. So they turn it around. They're like, great, let's get Bert's close up. And I don't cry. And they're like, uh. Bert, can you c- cry again? And I was like, I don't know how I did it. And they're like, so I go over to Mark. I go, Hey, can you do the thing that you did with the, like your under eye? You like, I kind of flexed them a little bit. And then it made, made me feel like you were being honest. And, I, and he goes, you mean act? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. can you act again? <laughs> it was really good, man. <laughs> were you able to cry? Oh, dude. The one thing I will be made fun of on the walking out of this movie is i cried i learned how to cry on this movie on command and i cried fucking every scene i could get in that's every great scene you put me in i cry i fucking tears come up five times in this fucking movie i cried so much and now i can't stop crying like i i, I opened up a well and i can cry so quickly it's insane
2: what's the last because i i i'm a cry baby when i watch movies. I literally cried at parts of squid game because some of the acting was so good. Uh, What's the last movie that made you cry?
6: I mean, the number one movie that makes me cry is, uh, is time traveler's wife. (laughs) I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. it. It's Eric Bana. I think the guy that played the Hulk, the first Hulk, I think. And, uh, and Amy Adams. And he is. So, so I'm sitting on a bed in on the road And it's like, and, you know, you get out of the shower and you start watching a movie and you're still kind of sitting in your towel. And all of a sudden it's a story about that I connected with. It's about a a guy. First of all, I'm obsessed with time travel, but he time travels. And in order to not time travel, he drinks a lot. So so he drinks so that he doesn't time travel, because if he's not drunk, he time travels. But he's he he's a alcoholic and he drinks And he's trying to raise a family, but he's always time traveling. So he never sees them and he never sees them grow up because he's always quote unquote on the road. I'm connecting it with my life. I drink a lot. I'm on the road. My kids are growing up. His kids are growing up and the end scene. I mean, the end scene, I'm sitting on the side of the bed. I'm so involved and he's already passed away. Oh my, I'm going to cry. Just telling you this. That's how intense is this? The end scene. uh, He had cancer. He died. I think, I think he was a cancer. And so couldn't he go back to before he had cancer? he can keep coming into his child's life in other. Po- oh my God, I'm getting emotional. He comes the very last scene. He's already passed away. His daughter can time travel too. She's sitting in a field, the field that he met his wife in, and he comes out of the field and he's like, uh, he's like, um, what, what time is it? And she goes, it's right after Gomez's uh, wedding. And he was like, Oh my God! And he's like, "You're grown up." Wait, what (laughs) happened? He said, "Hold on." It was after Gomez's wedding. His best friend, and he's, and he's like, he's like. He's like how old are you? And he's like, how long have I been dead? <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's like, she's like, mom, he's here. And then she comes running from the house, but he starts to disappear. He starts to go back to the other to the other time thing. And she gets like one second with him to say like, hey, I love you. Uh, you just were at the we just had the wedding, and it's like, oh man, I get, I swear to God, man, I and I think it's because I travel so much, and I feel like I lost so much of my life with like being away from the girls and being on the road and doing travel channel that, man, I just think of that one scene and I get like legit fucking teary eyed. It's such a, by the way, it's only good for like dads who travel and drink a lot. That's the one it's made for.
2: Yeah. You should just listen to fucking uh, Harry Chapin songs. You can wrap it up in three minutes. You don't have to waste an hour. Good good
6: Harry Chapin song. And I'll start (laughs) crying. I think the older I got, the, the older I've gotten, the more I'm in touch with my emotions. Yeah. A, and I think it was because of that fucking movie, because they'd get they. It was all about my daughter. Is about my. I mean, not to tell too much about the movie, but there's, it's 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 about my relationships with my daughters. Is the kind of a, one of the stories. And I'm and I don't know, being a dad is fucking tough as shit when they start getting older.
4: Hey man, How how many girls you have? You have, you said daughters. Two, two
6: fi- uh, fifteen and seventeen, and 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 the pandemic was like it was it was rough because they were, they wanted to blossom. They wanted to go out and they wanted to meet boys and they wanted to kiss boys and they wanted to go out and drink beer and smoke weed. And and then this hypocrite fucking asshole dad of theirs is like no alcohol, no drugs, stay inside. Like, and, and then I'm um, smoking weed and drinking. It, it just was, it was r- really difficult. And like, and, and, uh, and, and I think that all of that, all that kind of built up and now everyone's doing good in our family. We're all doing good, but that pandemic was fucking rough.
4: But in some ways, didn't it? like not to say, I don't know about your family, but with me, like we were going on family bike rides. I have three girls uh, right now, 13, uh, 10 and, and eight. So, you know, we were doing different things. We used to always go to the movies. Now the movies were shut down. We, I went to the bike shop. We got all, we all got bikes. We're going around our town. Yeah, I don't know. Like you could, I'm the type of guy that the class is always half full. Yeah. If you have to take something from it, it did strengthen some family time. I feel.
6: I'll tell you what, the beginning of the pandemic was awesome. Cause, and cause I, I quit drinking. I stayed at home. We'd watch movies every night. We had, we had, we'd make dinner, we'd hang out. But my girls were a little older. Georgia was 16. Ila was 14. Ila was cool being home, but Georgia's friends, parents were letting them go out and ride bikes. And I was like, Hey, I want to go ride bikes with you. And she was at the point where like, dad, isn't cool. So they'd go out and ride bikes. And, uh, and I, and I busted them one time oh. and I did not handle it. Well, I was like, "Fucking!" did you yell? Of course, of course. That's why, like, when you talk about, like, when this is what bothers me so much when you talk about, like, whatever cancel culture and people's growth and people learning. Like, I learned as a parent that, like, I got really upset and I yelled and I raised my voice and I fucking acted scary. I mean, I didn't hit anyone or anything, but I just was like, I said stuff like, you let me down and she like that. And then what I did, I I didn't realize this, but I created a paradigm within which she was afraid to tell me the truth now. So now she was like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that guy. So I'll just fucking lie. I'd rather lie because I'm going to get that guy anyway. So I might as well lie and see if I can get away with it. And it took it took like a legit year for me to learn how to behave. It was and, and, and be like, hey, I'm on your team. My only care is that you come home and you're safe at the end of the day. The only yeah. care is I get to see you in the morning. That's it. I want, don't drink and drive. And then she did one where, you know, she was out at, with some friends and they were at this boy's house or whatever, and they're all partying. And she had had a couple of drinks and she had her car. And she called, not me, because I was on the road. She called Leanne and she said, I've been drinking. Um, I can't drive and I and I need you to pick me up. And then, and then I'm like, okay, now we're moving in the right direction. So I, and all I had to do, I didn't yell at her for drinking. I was like, people fuck up. You did the right thing. You did not yeah. get in a car and drive that, that parenting, being a parent, man, I was I'm not ready for it. I'm just not, I'm not dialed in for it.
4: I said, no, I listen, I don't, I don't know you that well, but the the fact that you're so concerned and the fact that you're crying at the father-daughter scene in the movie shows <sighs> you are ready for it. Hey, I don't even like that piece of shit, fucking Interstellar, whatever that fucking intergalactic. What is the oh one Murph? That?
2: He kept saying Murph. Is that it? Murph with uh, Matt Matt McConaughey. The thing with him
4: and his daughter got me fucking. I can't watch that. Dude. And also, don't and listen, don't don't judge me on this, Bert. Which one, Matt? The Suicide Squad. Now stop it. Stop it, Jimmy. There's a time with Ratcatcher Catcher too. He's a girl. Jimmy, don't leave. I'm talking to Bert. He makes fun of me all the time, but there's a time when she like saved the day, and then she had a flashback with her dad. Her dad was White to Tucci. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, is?
6: yeah. What's
4: his name? I forgot. That he did. He did Thor, fucking Ragnarok. And he's a, he's a good actor, but he's the fad and he's she has a she's remembering what a, what what her dad talking about, like why rats? Why did you choose rats? She go hey, listen. I might get him now. Why should your I, I still crying? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, by the way, if Bert crying is not a promo
4: for this podcast,
2: everyone's fired. (laughs) I'll tell you right
4: now, it was such an emotional scene at the end of the show. You ever seen The Suicide Squad? Yeah,
6: of course. I've never seen it. Not
4: the first one, the second
6: one. Yeah, yeah, dude. Anything, anything. You know what? Can I tell you what movie got me crying really bad? Really, really bad? Did you see Warrior?
4: I saw Warrior, yes. Where the
6: brothers had to fight at the end?
4: It was good. It was really good. Yeah, he got him in a fucking Uma Plata.
6: Uma Plata. I love that fucking. I wish I could fight just where so I put people in Uma Platas.
4: I just like saying Uma Plata. I love <laughs> that shit. But it is fun though. Shoulder locks are beautiful.
6: Dude, anything, anything, family, anything, Dad. Field of Dreams when they go to have the catch. Yeah, that's kind of sad. That fucks me up, man.
4: Jimmy's not emotional at all.
6: Like no, that's it. not true. I I I cry a lot at movies.
2: I mean, uh, I was, that's why I, I I was wondering what movies I cried at Squid Game and definitely Field of Dreams, but. I I've never seen some of these things you guys are talking. I've never seen the movie Bert's talking about.
6: What about miracle uh, with the, with the, the 81 hockey team?
2: I think so. And it might have, you know, like, cause it was a great, I remember it as a kid when it happened.
6: So oh, it let me tell you have- something. When yeah. they're, when they're lined up, they lose to Sweden and he goes out on the ice and they cut the lights. And he says to him, what team do you play for? Oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I can do this. What team do you play for? And he goes, USA, USA. <laughs> I'm like this. Gah, <laughs> Gah. I got this bit, Jimmy. I got this bit. I'm not going to be. I don't think I'm going to do it with my special, but uh, it's about Suguru sucking my dick during the na- national anthem. And I sing the <laughs> beginning of the national anthem. And lately I've just the audience has been singing the whole fucking national anthem during like, I, I oh, and, and I can sing it pretty good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. The audience just picks it up, and the, and in the middle of my show, the whole audience sings the national anthem, and they have their they'll turn their flashlights on. Motherfucking uh, dudes of the military are like, "Take your fucking hat off!" and it, it is. But it, I they did it the other day. We were in uh, Pensacola, and it, I almost started crying then. Yeah. I was like, it was so moving.
2: That would be funny if you started crying in the middle of your own set, and then you have to finish the joke about Segura blowing you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Bert, you look good. Uh, you you look maybe as your show you look thinner. I don't know if you've been trying, but you look uh, you look good.
6: No, I haven't been drinking a lot lately. I think that's I think that's what it is. I'm oh, just so all the
2: emotions coming out.
6: Well, you know what it is? Can I tell you? I thought I thought about this. Uh, I, I drank yesterday. I drank last night. It was the first night I drank in a while. And I thought I thought about this interview because I was like, because I don't know, because I, I, I know you don't drink, Jimmy. I don't. Matt, do you party?
4: I just smoke weed a lot. I I got arthritis. To be fair yeah even if i didn't though i but i'm a productive guy i'll smoke i'll go teach a class and i'll fucking train for an hour jujitsu i'm one of those guys
6: yeah well see i i my this is this is the weird thing is if i do drink i wake up with a fire under me because my first thought is you're fucking up you're fucking up you got to get get up you need to work out today you need to work out hard you need to burn all that shit you put in your body out you got it like but if i don't drink i really don't have a lot of motivation to do anything I just kind of wake up and I'm like, I feel good. I'm gonna have a cup of coffee. Maybe I'll have a breakfast sandwich. Like, but if I, if I drink, I won't, I'll, I'll fast until like noon. Like, I, I, it's weird. And I don't know if it's conditioned into me. So I have a hard time. I have a hard time when I don't drink, not gaining weight in a weird way.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I understand that because your ritual is different. Your, your routine is different. Yeah. Uh, are you a puker? I, I was a terrible puker when I drank.
6: I, I can't puke. I don't, I don't puke. I gag easy. I'm an easy gagger. Like if you, if if I think about the smell of balloons, I'll gag. Why but,
2: balloons? <laughs> oh no! There's a clown in this story in a in a closet.
6: I hate <laughs> clowns. I hate balloons. Do you really, dude? I'd rather make out with, I'd rather fuck someone with AIDS than kiss someone that ever dressed up as a clown.
2: <laughs> Imagine a clown with AIDS. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, why why do you hate clowns and the smell of balloons?
6: I don't know. I don't know why I hate clowns. I think I just don't trust them. I also don't trust women that wear a lot of makeup. Like I don't. Like, I, I'm very distrusting of things. I think really? my wife says it's because I'm a Scorpio, but I don't... I've never liked clowns. I've never liked balloons. Balloons are unpredictable. And and that you you can never... T- like, it always is on the cusp of scaring the fuck out of everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I just... It, I, I, I've never let the girls have balloons. Like, they can have mylar balloons, but I can't have balloons in the house. They smell fucking gross. You
2: don't like the smell. Like, you wouldn't want to blow up a balloon.
6: You just... You doing that. Put it into your mouth. That's gross. I, that fucking freaks me out.
2: I don't mind. it, And I literally will blow it up like... That and then I'll let the air go back into my mouth.
6: Oh my god. I'd rather have I'd rather suck the cum out of someone's asshole. Uh, not even joking than fucking no. let the air yes. balloon go back in my mouth. I've
4: never
2: gone in that order, but I'm with you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's where I wouldn't mess with. I wouldn't mess with the balloon knot. I don't want mind the balloon, but the balloon knot is what I don't like. Hey Bert, what is the thing of, when you say you drank last night, what does that mean? I mean, I know what it means, obviously, but is that two beers, three beers? Well, yo, I drank. That's a fucking, I drank 12 beers. What is for you a night that you drank? What is Like
6: what, a bottle of wine.
4: Oh, there you go. A bottle,
6: bottle of wine. A, a bottle of wine is like, bottle of wine is my, I can do anything the next day with a bottle, a bottle of wine. I can do a bottle of wine. I can do a bottle of half a wine and I'm okay. Anything much past a bottle of wine. And I, and I'm a little lethargic. I'm a little hard to get motivated. I feel like shit. Um, but yeah, bottle of wine, I can get up and run five miles easy.
4: The only thing I drink, my father-in-law, ceros right off the boat from Italy, came over at 21. They make the homemade wine and they make the homemade grappa. Yeah. I never once got sick. And I've been with my wife for 20 years. I never once got sick off their drink. And I, I don't.
6: I'll tell you, you
4: why. Alcohol, I don't like people buy me shots. I don't like it. I don't. like. I usually try to turn it away. Sometimes I'll do it. It's just like, yeah, I got to get it out of me. I, I just don't feel good. Yeah. With this shit. Love it, man. Love I'll it. tell you
6: why. So when we were in Serbia, This is when I came up with my bottle of wine theory. So we get, we go there and uh, there's a, there's a sponsor. I don't know if you guys have ever had them called Fitvine. They make wine with less sugar and less tannins. And basically, basically, and I I mean this as a compliment, it's a less complex wine. It's a little cheaper. So, but what it means is it hasn't aged all the shit that gets you sick the next morning that, that makes a wine complex and makes it taste good and makes it gives it a body and, and, and all the things you like that people that are big wine connoisseurs like it doesn't have any of that shit. So in Serbia, they don't, I went to go get a bottle of wine the first night and I could only find wine for like $4, $6. I couldn't find a $20 bottle of wine. And I said to the lady, do you have any nice bottles of wine? And she was like, no, and I couldn't understand Someone explained to me, they don't have a lot of money in Serbia. The average income isn't, uh, isn't super high. So no one's going to waste money on a complex wine. They only have this, like what is technically fit vine. So it's a less complex wine. And a lot of them are homemade wines. And those homemade wines, they don't get you fucking hung over. They, they are cleaner. They're, they they do not have a ton of sugars in them and they're not as good technically. I mean, people would argue that they're not as good. And by the way, I'm speaking out of my ass. This is all me translating from a Serbian, but <laughs> I, could, I could drink a bottle of Serbian wine, get up and run five miles, do fucking gorilla rows, row 10K. I could do it all the next day and then act all day and come home, bottle of wine, steak, oh man.
2: Bert has a weird, like almost Neanderthal consistency. Like, and I say that in a good way. Like you're one of those, you're a rare guy in that. Like when I drank, I was, I was, I was worthless the next day. Like, like sick and terrible. You're a guy though that functions really well. And like, you can just go out and run and you probably have fucking giant veins coming out of your heart. You're like, you're a, you're an interesting guy, man. How uh, kind of how, uh, how well you can use your body after you, a night of drinking.
6: I have a lot of rules. Like I'm I'm, like, I never go. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've gone on stage drunk before. Definitely. I definitely have. I, but I I don't go on stage drunk as a rule. I don't like to go on drunk. I don't like to drink on stage. I'll take a drink on my second show or my last show of the night. And I'll have my first drink when I start the machine story. But for the, for the most part, my standup's really important to me. And I like getting an hour ready. That is more fun than being wasted. Um, I don't like drinking during the day. I do it, but I don't, I do. I, for most of the rules, I, I won't drink during the day. Um, and I, I, I force myself to work out and and I go to the cardiologist every six months, nine months, and, uh, and kind of get checked up. I get CT scan. I get the stress test. So I try to stay. I think the thing is, I don't think, I think a lot of people that have my lifestyle that like Farley's or Belushi's or the guys that party a lot. I think they just, I know these guys, I know a lot of them. I've, I've had a lot of guys had to give me their fucking, their, Your fucking nine step apology i've had a lot of people you lose a lot of people when you party like i do (laughs) and so i don't think i think the difference is a lot of them from what i've noticed they don't work out in the morning they smoke pot when they wake up they don't go to the doctor they don't they don't take care of themselves so that they can party i take care of myself so i can party i love drinking dude that's one of my favorite things in the world is like yesterday we went to a hockey game and some fan came up to me, there were maybe, maybe 1500 people in the stands. Some fan came up to me and gave me a beer. And I was like, I love having cold beer at a hockey game with a hot dog and a pretzel and a piece of pizza. I don't ever want to lose that. But on the same token, I go, I gotta, I gotta run today, or I gotta lift weights, or I gotta, you know, like, I gotta do something to kind of even that out.
4: Makes you feel a little like, Not guilty, but like, look, because I did this, I have to do this. I feel the same thing. You talked about the wake and bake. You could use. I'll do that. I'll be like, I look. I'm. I got to be a functioning high person. You know what I mean? I'll. I I know what you're talking about. It it is. You use it to to motivate you.
6: And and I love it. Like this morning, we woke up. We were in Pigeon Forge, and I love Pigeon Forge. And we were going into a Publix, and I and I have, I have my vape pen right here. that's a lighter. That's a lighter. Oh, it's it's right here. Yeah. It's blue dream and blue dreams, the fucking funnest weed ever. And I took a hit of blue dream and I walked through the Publix and I just started giggling. And then I, and then I wrote a joke. I was like, I saw these lights going on across the street. They were blinking. And I was like, I was like, only a high person would know that's SOS. Like a a non-high person would go, Oh, it's just a light blinking. But when you're high, you're like, are they trying to tell me something? And then I was like, I wonder how, how many high people have saved people at sea Cause they're like, I think they're talking to us. <laughs> so, but I love being, I like, lo- I like all of it, you know?
2: Yeah. So Bert, we have to uh, jump because we have our next guest is coming in. Rafael dos Angeles, but uh, I oh love you. And next time we have to have you for longer. You're such yeah, a please. funny dude, man. It's such an interesting guy. Are you promoting anything in particular? I mean, I know you're doing really well. I think
6: the, the season finale of go big show is March 10th. Okay. Um, Please don't associate anything I said on this podcast with TBS. just uh, but <laughs> the crying uh, part. That's nice. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got um, uh, the flying Frenchman Manouletos, James Carter, a uh, uh, big dirt bike rider, Professor Splash, and uh, and Dare Daughter. So it's it's good. It's it's on TBS. It's at at nine o'clock at night and on Thursday. So check it out. Everyone will enjoy it.
2: Bert, uh, thank you, man. It's always good seeing you. It's a pleasure. Matt, huge
6: fan. Jimmy, you know, I absolutely love you. I'll talk to you guys later.
2: I'll see you soon, buddy. It's great talking to you as always.
6: Thank you.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
3: Is he already in the gym again? What is happening here? I'm always in the gym. I live in the gym. <laughs> that's my. Hu- this your house? Yeah, that's my garage. Oh, look at that, man! Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly. Set up. Now you look, you look healthy, bro.
4: For a battle, you look healthy. For just being out of a battle.
3: Yeah, man. I think the worst, the worst injury is uh, I got caught right inside the eye on the fifth round, like 30, 20, 30 seconds left, and. Uh, I thought it would be like, uh, you know, I was trying to eat some time and not cause too much damage and know that I was winning the fight. When I got caught right inside my eyeball, it hurts and, and, uh, and uh, and my knees are all scratch up. Other than that, that I'm okay.
2: Were you amazed at how, uh, how ferocious he was in the fifth round? I know at one point there was almost a doctor stoppage. Uh, Was that at the end of the third where they, where they were talking about possibly stopping the fight?
3: Yeah, uh, I thought they would stop. Uh, I looked on his eyes and were were pretty bad. And uh, I think there was a conversation between uh, the ref and the the doctor. And uh, yeah, but they let it go. And uh, unfortunately, I got to do what I got to do, you know. Uh, The guy was hard to put away. I was training for Fiziv, which is a striker. Uh, And all of a sudden... uh, Tall, linky guy, good jujitsu, and step in uh, was hard, you know. Like, he defended himself really well on the ground. Uh, but I'm happy I got the, got the double. I got it done.
4: And, we, you know, I've been there before, not, not within, like, 48 hours or anything. I don't know how quick he took this, but I've been, like, two weeks before without knowing who I'm going to fight. And it's frustrating because, you know, you you want to be prepared for anybody, but at the same time, you're a professional. You want to know who you're fighting. Like, it's a hard, it's a weird head state, don't you think?
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, it was, you know, like, for me, too, like, since the fight got postponed, it was two weeks. Like, I, I didn't know who I was fighting. I knew, like, I would fight someone. Uh, a lot of things were talking, and uh, the fight got postponed two weeks. And then they tried to find somebody for me last minute. And uh, and I knew Moicano wasn't one of the names. And the other name was Islam, But like in two different weights. And I didn't know if I could wait. If I did not could wait, was a very two crazy weeks for me. Like so stressful. I knew like I was ready to go. But uh, uh was hard because, you know, I, I didn't know in what weight division it would be. And, uh, I was trying to, you know, stay positive, but kind of my mind was going crazy, even with all the experience I have, but, you know, I'm glad, you know, we kind of jump in and we got a fight and I won and I I just don't want to, you know, just waste a whole fight camp. You know what I mean?
4: Oh, I, oh shit. I believe it, man. But I'll tell you, you, you came through with flying colors and I'll tell you, everybody enjoyed that fight, man. That was a that was that was you you that was a masterful fight by you.
3: Yeah, that was that was a good one. You know, I'm glad everything went well and uh, we delivered it to the fans. And uh, it feels good to be back after 16 months, two you know, two surgeries. You know, former champion, 37 years old of age, and uh, I'm still training and competing at championship level.
2: Yeah that's that was a, kind of what I was going to ask you too is it, at 37 I mean it, your ability to just press and keep on him for five consecutive rounds was really amazing uh what what do you think you have to do if you want to get another shot at the belt I mean what do you think your your path would be cuz I know you, you maybe one more fight or two more fights at most
3: uh, man I think I think uh the way that the divisions right now uh Genji is going against Oliveira right and, and who else, uh, 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 that, that, that guy, uh, Poirier lost his, you know, like his title, you know, like he, he fought, he fought for the title. He got choked and, uh, twice. And, uh, the other one, uh, uh, Chandler. uh Michael Chandler, too. Chandler, you know, had a chance Two loss in UFC in three fights. So who else, man? Tony Favre was coming off three losses in a row. Uh, I come from two victories in a row. Former champion, fought for the belt and uh Walter Wade. So I think my path should be shorter, you know, because of, because of the history that I you know, everything I've done on the on the on the, his part, the sport, you know. Do
2: Do you think this makes sense? Maybe I I don't know if Chandler has a fight lined up, but if you fight Chandler, um, and uh, possibly if you, because he get he already fought for the belt. Uh and lost to Oliveira. But if you win that fight and Olivera wins uh against gaethje then maybe you against Olivera. Because something tells me that whether it's right or not, that if if, if gaethje wins, uh it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted Connor to fight gaethje That that's a matchup I think they like.
3: Yeah, so that's a lot of ifs, right? A lot of right. things can happen. Uh I'm always game, you know, I'm always game. I, I just need a name. To, you know, be on this game for so long. I, uh, I don't want to be fighting this coming up, guys, you know. Uh, I need some names that, that give me like motivation to go to the gym and train hard to be that person. Uh, uh, not talking down on anybody, right. you know, like just because, you know, everything I've done and, uh, selling my place, everything that you guys see here, I got to put away on the truck, put in storage, going back to Brazil Saturday. I'm leaving there, gonna move there full time for the next year or so. And uh, I'm investing on in my career. So I wanna, you know, I think I'm in a position now that I can call my shots. And I think if I don't fight for the title next, I think the corner fight make a lot of sense. Connor, uh, uh he, <coughs> me and him, we were the only guys that were the real champion of that division. Everybody else, uh, uh Khabib retired. Everybody else was like interim champion. Me and Connor were the only two champions on that division, if you look on the top 10.
2: Do you and do you think has anybody given any indication to you what they might have in mind for you for a for next fight?
3: No, no, I think it's too soon. Nobody said anything yet, but that's you know, that's what I, I that's what I have in mind.
4: And you mentioned, I'm sorry, Jimmy, he, no, mentioned, no, okay. he mentioned the great Islam Makachev, because he was in talks of talks of taking the fight and he didn't. And then RDA had a couple of words for him. I'll tell you right now, that fight on paper, yeah. that's a main event anywhere. I mean, that's amazing. What do
3: you think about you and Islam? Uh, Islam will fight Benil. Uh That's, that's what Donna said. Because he didn't took the fight, he had a chance. And uh, I said 165, he said 170. And I called, I called, I called. Call. My manager told Sean Shelby, okay, RDA will do it. And I said to Donna, I will do it. I fight anybody. 170, no problem. I sent the picture of my scale here. I finished training with 171. I said, I'm ready to go, man. Put 170. And uh, I went bad. Uh, uh, they didn't know yet. And in the morning, they told me, okay, he's in. And then I said, now I'm going to have a good breakfast. By the time I, I cut a slice of the bread, and they called me again. No, no, he's out, he's out. I couldn't even eat. So that, 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 that how was my last week. What's crazy? So I think he's fighting Benio right now. I don't know when Benio is coming off an injury. I I talked to him the other day, and but you know, I think uh, I gotta move the other way. Well, I mean, you're coming off a great fight. You're in, you are in a
4: really, really good position, man. You're showing, you're showing no signs of slowing down. You know, until you said you were 37, I didn't even think of your age. So that's that's a really good thing. This is a more of a my personal question for me being a jujitsu man, I love your jujitsu. I want to see you fight for another 10 years, but let's say when you're done fighting, you think you're going to do some, uh, you can go back in the grappling world and do some jujitsu matches or
3: no? Sure. That, that's definitely, I think uh, I have the competition on me. I like to train with Gi too, you know, like Gi, uh, I, I really like the grips and studying, uh, especially since I was competing like 20 years ago. 15 years ago, uh, uh, it changed a lot, the game, the Gi game. And that's something that I always like when I'm on off-season, training with Gi. Uh, But sure, man, you guys will see in Jiu-Jitsu competitions for sure.
2: And we know you only have a short period of time, uh, Rafael. Thank you for joining us. And congratulations. A a great win. And and you looked really, really incredible. And uh, I look forward to seeing whoever they match you up with next.
3: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me.
2: All right. Have a safe trip down to Brazil. We'll talk to you again.
3: Talk to you. Take care.
2: Yeah, you're right, Matt. You don't even think of his age until he says it. I mean, and uh, who, who does he fight? I would love to see again, obviously, him against Makachev, but I would love to see him against uh, Michael Chandler.
4: but Jimmy, when you said that, that was. There's oh, so many good fights at 155. But when you
2: think of. And, I'm, and I only said Connor because, look, obviously, the UFC is a business. And I think that they love Connor fighting for the belt again. I think Charles Oliveira is a very bad matchup for him. Um, I think uh, Islam Makachev is a, a rough matchup for him. I think that Gaethje is, is rough on anybody. I think Gaethje's style is a bit of those guys, I could think, is the, is probably the most conducive with a good Conor fight.
4: Oh, you're saying for Conor.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think that if, if 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 Gaethje wins, it wouldn't surprise me if he fought for uh, the belt. That's just, again, no one has said that. It's just my
4: guess. R- RDA, what I like about him is... His stand-up is very crisp, very technical, his Muay Thai, uh brutal. But yet he's a very he's a technician with his jujitsu. Very half guard reversals, taking backs. Uh he's he's a he's a real good jujitsu man. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I enjoy I enjoy his fighting style. And this Matt, is a before one show. Why? Uh, sorry, buddy. Before we go, we
2: had three guests today. Oh I get no no, we had three. I I guess we should do we could cover the fights, uh a little more, uh, or do you want to do that on Wednesday? Uh, we didn't really get into the main event, Colby uh, against Jorge Masvidal.
4: Why don't? We, well, we can just talk really quick about the main event. Sure. And we'll talk about everything afterwards. You know? Yeah. Maybe Wednesday, we'll touch on Bryce Mitchell and against Edson. And yeah. I mean, well, first of all, really quick, Bryce Mitchell looked his timing yeah. from the striking to the takedowns was uncanny. It was just it's this called there's wrestling and then his mma wrestling yeah mma wrestling is the timing on it was just it blew me away
2: yeah incredible and incredible
4: his toughness his will to win switching stances dropping edson uh i don't think he could have looked better he looked no so I, agree, great. I agree so i'm really just i think the, the sky's the limit for that kid he has such a belief in himself and he's such a good person he's got He's got a lot of stuff going for him, that kid. Not to mention he's good on the mic.
2: Yes. Now, Colby won that fight. There was one, I, I it, was, it might have been the fourth round where Masvidal uh, dropped uh, Colby briefly. He was up pretty quickly. But he, I, and again, I, it's, you can't just sit there and go, come on, go in. But he seemed to let Colby recover. Do you think that was just, uh, Jorge was a little tired at that point? What do you think that was?
4: I don't think I know. I heard, yeah. I heard it in the post fight um press conference and somebody asked him that he goes or he brought it up he goes look i know i had him hurt why didn't i pounce on him he goes well i i one i was tired i knew he was tired i knew he was hurt but i kept thinking that if i go to hit him he's gonna shoot so he you know he felt he said he felt a little flat and the wrestling he felt a little yeah he said that hit him hard but you know i think when he had him hurt instead of just going after me if he got, if he did get a takedown, you know, that was always in the back of his head. So he was, what I like, what I really like about, what I love about Jorge is that, uh, he's honest. He was like, look, I was, I was a little off with takedowns. I was flat with the wrestling and, uh, I got to deal with that. Not only if I deal with a guy like Colby, I can deal with any other wrestler. I got to deal with that. So yeah, he was very honest. He was down,
2: but, uh. Listen, and Colby looked good. I mean, you look, you know, Colby is a—he a, looked
4: good. Good um, person, but a great fighter, A really good fighter.
2: Yeah, and and he's relentless. I mean, the guy is relentless.
4: Yeah, anytime you go against the code of talking about people's family and stuff, you're a piece of shit as a person. So I don't like him as a person. I don't. Right. Know, you could say shtick all you want, but when you talk about real people, whether yeah. it's Dustin Poirier's family or Jorge is—I mean, it makes you. I just think it makes you a. a it just shows that you're a piece of shit, but. He is a great fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is. Yeah.
2: That, you know? he, yeah. He is a great fighter and he looked good in that fight. Uh, he was relentless and just not tired at all. Uh, they, they say his cardio is second to none. Again, a guy like Tim Elliott, but Marab, you can't forget Marab when you talk about cardio. Uh, but I, I just watching those guys is just so impressive to me. Anybody that has cardio or even in the fight game, it's impressive because uh, I literally get tired walking up the steps sometimes. I'm fucking old and I have man tits. All right, listen.
4: Wait, Jimmy, you do yes. have it's really quick. There's only two more fights on the main card. Oh, Kevin sure. Holland, Kevin Holland. Holland, yes. Listen, I think in the beginning, without when with, uh when he fought Cowboy Oliveira, he, he it felt like he was just trying to be a little too uh trying to get him out of there a little too quick. And, the, and, and you know the uh, and Cowboy is uh Cowboy Oliveira is is a crafty veteran, so he knew to it, that. So it looked like Kevin was getting a little ahead of himself. But then he slowed it down between rounds yeah. and then made the corrections for the second round. So, you know, he he, he looked great at once. I want to see what he does at 170. I
2: really want to see what he does at 170. Yeah, that was a great win for him.
4: And, and listen, Greg Hardy, who we really like. We had fun Love with Love Greg him. Hardy. Yeah, we had, fun, we had fun with him. He was a, yeah. had a great energy last week on the show. Um, you know, Sergei got a beautiful – he did a combination with a takedown and uh to like a judo fucking judo trip no he did a fucking took him down with a judo takedown and uh it, it was and then look man just high level grappling he looked fucking he looked excellent
1: yeah and, you know,
4: it's something that that we're gonna have that hardy's gonna have to work because i think hardy touches people he puts them down but if it gets yeah. into that grappling realm it shows that it's a little bit of an achilles heel that he's gonna have to address
2: yeah yeah it's very it's very tough um and i and i hated to see him uh but I like that because, like, again, I really like him as well. But uh, it, it's hard, you know, it's weird, Matt. Like, when you – it was easy to root for Vidal because I like him a lot more. Even though I don't know Jorge. Um, but when you like both guys, it's really hard to enjoy it as much because you find yourself – like Edwards against Kamaru Usman, when that happens, a part of me wants to see Edwards because he's never tasted it. And, and, you know, Usman has felt what it's like to be champion. So just for Leon, I want to see him win. But – i can't root against come on it's really hard to root against guys you legitimately like
4: it's true jimmy that's why i always root for you in life
2: oh come on now jimmy. cut it out
4: <laughs> jimmy listen i had thank a good you. this was a fun show this was great wow. yeah
2: thank you to bert and of course the great rda he's moving and he gave us a few minutes uh which we appreciate and of course uh tim elliott and gina
4: yes great good times jimmy what do you want to plug just cameo
2: and just uh, – I'm going to be in San Francisco at the end of this month for two days. I'm In April, I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie, New York, finally, uh, back in Poughkeepsie. And then I'm going to be in um, – where the fuck else am I going to be? Washington, D.C. and then Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania.
4: Yeah, Jimmy, I'm on – listen to me. You're all – you're taking over the world. You and Bert. Um, hey, I'm going to be at Sarah B.J.J. That's where I'm at in Huntington, Long Island, and uh, a little shout out to my competitors. I went, I went with my, I took my wife and my kids over to Islip High School, and we watched the jiu-jitsu tournament. At least the, the first half, I watched the kids compete. Little young AJ Savage, and uh, and uh, this this uh, father and son, John Perez and his son Damian. It was cute because they both competed, and uh, I see improvements with the kids' class, and it was, oh, nice. it was, it was cute. So I got, to, I was able to do that. And then I got out of there like around 11.30. I got, got up at 6.30. We got the family. Drove out there for like 8 o'clock to watch the kids. Got out of there at 11.30. Still made it to Laura Mame to watch Aljo prepare for the title. Yeah. And, uh, we had fights at night. It was just a martial arts day for me. And I couldn't have been happier. And I'm proud of those guys. And Matt, when is that fight against uh, against uh, Piotrion? When is that? Uh, I'm going to say April 9th. But I might be off with that. Okay. I don't know. I'm getting my knees done. Who knows when, but around that. Oh, I'm cold. happy
2: to hear that. Good April, for you. It
4: is April 9th. So, again...
2: That's the co-main, right?
4: Uh, I believe so. But
2: it, let me tell you something. What's the main? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is that, is that Usman and uh, Edwards?
4: Guys, tell us why.
2: Yeah, to- my, again, my memory is just... Uh...
4: An oh, uh, Volkanovski. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yes. Where's the, uh, versus the uh, Korean? I guess
2: fight. against uh, Chan Jong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Great fight.
4: That's a great card. Aljo's going to be prepared. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, hey, man, listen to me. I got to use the restroom. Okay, buddy. Jamie, I love you, man. I will see. I you love
2: soon. you, young Matt, and I'll see you soon. Thank you to Bert, uh, Rafael, and, of course, Tim Elliott. Good times. Bye.